His amazing grace. I do thank the Lord for allowing us to be back here at Victory Way. It's been a good while. And uh, I think um, uh, we, we actually dropped by here, was it Sunday, I think, or maybe something like that. I can't remember. But um, it was uh, one day last week, and, I, and Pastor Joe had called me and asked me if I could come because something about the schedules were a little bit mixed up and just so happened I had tonight open. And so uh, I was like, yeah, I'd be glad to. So I do praise the Lord. Uh, you talking about praises. I do praise the Lord for allowing us to be here uh, tonight and God working our schedule out to where we can come. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have been battling some things myself, been battling sickness and things like that. And you know what? I praise God for the sickness. You say, Brother Walter, that's crazy. Tater man, you're dumb. How, why in the world would you praise God for the sickness? Well, uh, here's why. Because I praise God for the sickness I had so, he could, so they could find the sickness I didn't know I had. Amen. And uh, for those of you who weren't here the other night when I gave an update, um, uh, I do have kidney cancer. And so uh, they found that out when I was in the hospital with the uh, six-day stay that I was in when I was battling uh, intestinal colitis, salmonella, and bacteria in my bloodstream all at the same time. That was a trinity right there. Amen. I wouldn't say it's a holy trinity now. It was, not, it was nothing holy about that, I promise you, amen. Uh, don't think that was holy about that. I was almost knocking on heaven's door, is what the doctor said. He said 12 more hours, I'd have been dead. But, you know, God's grace and mercy, amen, but for God. Uh, but uh, like I said, during that process of time, uh, they did a CT scan on me, and they found I had kidney cancer. There's two spots about close to an inch apiece on my right kidney, and so uh, September the 12th, I'm scheduled to go in, and they're going to cut that sucker out. So do, uh, do pray for me. I, I, my meetings are, um, they've all been postponed. I don't like to say counselor because uh, I, I plan on getting them back. Amen, Brother Danny? Uh, it, it's all in the Lord's hands, but uh, I will be down anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, according to doctors. But you know what? They don't know everything, do they? God's in control, isn't he? Yes, he is, all the time. And so, uh, uh, if everything goes as planned, I will have scheduled uh, surgery September the 12th around 10.30. I think it's on a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, do help us pray about that, if you would, please. And they, again, they said I'll be down probably about the middle part of November. And uh, yesterday, I got a text that want me to come to the country of Guatemala. And I'm like... I want to come, but I can't right now, amen, but uh, uh, maybe next next year, uh, after I return back from Papua New Guinea, if that's still scheduled, I'll get to go to Guatemala as well as Brazil, and uh, maybe even the Philippines, so we're looking at those four trips right there within the next year. Uh, do help us pray about that if you would, please. As far as the school ministry is concerned here in the States, um, they are starting to uh, fire back up. Uh, the ones that I'm working in, they... They understand that I'm going to be down for the rest of the year, so they told me just don't worry about coming back until January. But after the first year, they won't tater man back in their classroom, so here in the States. So do help us pray about that if you would. It just Honestly, it just kills me that I'm not able to, be, to do what God's called me to do, but you know what? God knows what's best for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen right there. I say God knows us better than we know ourselves. And, uh, and you know, uh, like I said the other night, if this is God's temple, this is his body, whatever he wants to happen to it is going to happen, and I just go ahead and accept it that way. Amen? That's the best way to look at it. And so I do praise the Lord for all that he's done and all, he's, all that he's going to do. And, uh, and I've been praying for Victory Way Baptist Church, and, and I promise you that. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support that you've uh, been, uh, you've been side by side with us all the way, and I do appreciate that so very much. The book of Psalm tonight, chapter number 29, is what I'm going to be reading from. The book of Psalm in chapter number 29. We're going to read the entire chapter. Now, don't let that scare you because it's only 11 verses, amen? That's all there is. The entire chapter is 11 verses out of the book of Psalm, chapter number 29. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 29, begin reading tonight in verse number 1, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. 
worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Now, a lot of times when you have midweek service, you call it many different things. You call it midweek Bible study. You call it midweek prayer service. You call it <coughs> Wednesday night service. You call it just getting together and having a good time service. You call it uh, prayer service. You call it coming together and just having a praise report and having a prayer report. Whatever you call it is fine, but there's one thing that we always need to remember. Anytime you and I come to the house of God, it's an opportunity to worship the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, I know a lot of times you got Sunday morning as a salvation service. Sunday night is your evangelistic service. Wednesday night is your uh, study service. But brother, let me tell you this. Uh, like I said a moment ago, anytime we have an opportunity, we ought to worship the Lord in the beauty of all of His holiness. <clears throat> and so that's what we're talking about here. Uh, the Bible said once again, the Lord, or, or given to the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. You know, there must be something about the voice of Almighty God. For David to keep saying over and over and over again about the voice of the Lord. Do you know that one of these days, my friend, it's going to be the voice of the Lord It's going to drive the devil where he needs to go? One of these days, according to the book of Revelation, it's going to be with the sword out of his mouth, the voice of the Lord. You know, the voice of the Lord is so powerful, <laughs> so majestic, that he spoke and the world became into existence. You know, the only thing that was created by God's mighty hand, have you thought about this? The only thing that was created by God's hand is you and I. How about them apples? Huh? That's what my grandma used to say. How about them apples? <laughs> I didn't know what it was she's talking about. I looked around, I didn't see no apples anywhere, amen? <laughs> she's talking about, how about them apples, Walter? Well, she called me my nickname. And she, you said, what is your nickname back then? None of your business. I will dare not call it, Tater Man's bad enough. <laughs> but she used to call me by my nickname, and Brother Danny, when she called me by my real name, I was in trouble. Me and Sam was talking about middle names a moment ago, and I've got two middle names, just like Ruger's got two middle names. I told her I hated it. I hate two middle names. He'll like his, but I hate mine. Lee Jr. Walter Lee Jr. Terrell. I don't like it. I just better be called Walter Lee and then be done with it, amen? But no, Mama had to go and put two other names, put an extra name in there. And when Grandma, said, every time I'd get in trouble, she'd say, Walter, come here. If I didn't listen, of course, you know what happened next. Walter Lee? Walter Lee Jr.? She got my attention. But when she called me by my nickname, then that was something different. But uh, again, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what my nickname was back then. Because when I looked it up, it meant small and unimportant. I never understood why they called me that name. Small and unimportant. It, made, it just broke my little heart back then. No, I'm just kidding about that. But anyhow, it's something about the voice of the Lord. And the only thing that was created by His wonderful hands is you and I. Think about that for just a moment. The very thing that God took his hands and brought together out of the dust of the earth was us. He must love us something special. Because everything else is created was by his voice. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It spoke this world into existence. But yet, he loved us so much that he created us. Then, like my brother said, he sent his only begotten son to die for us. <laughs> well, that's in there at no extra cost to you. It's not even in my notes, but it's good for your cholesterol. Give you something to think about. Amen. Let's, let's go on now. <laughs> he maketh, the Bible says, the voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. 
The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. I said, the Lord, David said, the Lord sitteth king forever. There's never going to be a time when God is not king. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And may God add his blessings to the reading of Psalm chapter 29, verses 1 through 11 here tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Danny if he would take the Lord in prayer at this time. Amen. Thank you, Brother Danny, for that good, humble prayer. You know, Psalm chapter number 29, verses 1 through 11, is very, it's a very interesting psalm because the fact that some say David was motivated to write this after, after encountering a thunderstorm. Some scholars will tell you that David wrote this very psalm after he heard a thunder rolling and saw the lightning flashing. And this psalm is titled the Thunderstorm Psalm in some Bibles. And as David surveyed the ferocity of the storm, he is reminded of the majesty and the power of Almighty God. And while it appears that David's motivation for this psalm was a thunderstorm, let me also say there is also a prophetic voice revealed as well in this psalm. Every time I use that word prophetic, I, my mind goes back to not long after I got saved by the grace of God. I was listening to all kinds of preaching. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to hear 24-7, preaching, preaching, preaching. And really I know that God was going to call me to preach. Now I don't want to hear it. Well, I'm just kidding, okay? I don't want to hear myself. But uh, uh, my mind goes back to uh, when I heard a message by the late Dr. Curtis Hudson. He was, preaching, uh, he was preaching a series of messages on Bible prophecy, on biblical prophecy. And uh, at the end of every service, you know, he'd go back to the door like normal, most evangelists do, and he'll shake everybody's hand, and, and uh, you know, and they'll come by and say it was a wonderful message, or they didn't like the message, or you may be mad, or something to that nature. Uh, and, and yes, believe me, I have had people to tell me that I've made them mad before. I sure have. I had a lady in Kentucky so mad at me, she wouldn't even come to me. She came to my wife and let her have it. That's how mad she was at me, amen? Over a dog, over something, I, no, it was over a cat. I, made, I just made a statement. I was just picking about it, you know, and I said, all cats go to hell, all dogs go to heaven. That's all I said. Boy, she got mad. She was upset. She was uptight. She didn't know her little feline fur bob was going to, Burn in the flames of hell. <laughs> she let Tammy have it, brother. And I was only picking about it, but uh, I mean, quit being so sensitive, hey man. Quit being so sensitive. Lighten up, dude. <laughs> That's what I do that. That's what I should have said. But yeah, I mean, there, uh, Brother Hudson, he was standing in the back, you know, and people were coming by, shaking his hand, and all of a sudden this precious old saint of God come by shook his hand, looked up at Dr. Hudson, and she said, Brother Hudson, I just got to say this. Uh, I really have enjoyed those pathetic messages you've been preaching. <laughs> pathetic messages. So tonight, church, if this message is pathetic, please don't tell me. Okay? Lie to me and tell me it was good. <laughs> no, you better not lie. That's one of the seven things God hates, amen. And I don't like it too much either. But uh, yeah, she said, Dr. Hudson, I just, she meant to say prophetic, but she said pathetic. And he knew what she was saying. And this psalm right here, it's kind of a prophetic psalm, if you will. It looks out into the future. 
It looks out into the future. And, and so David, he was referring to a time yet in the future when the Lord himself will come again to rule in the reign with a rod of iron with great power and great glory. It reminded him of a time when the Lord's going to come again and rule in majesty. And regardless of the approach, the mighty attributes of our Lord will always, always remain the same. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. He was sovereign back in David's day, and friend of mine, he's going to remain sovereign in our day as well, and he will return someday as the almighty sovereign king, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords, hallelujah, yahoo, and hot dog too. He's a coming back, and he's going to reign forevermore. And there is a song written by a man that a lot of people probably is not even familiar with. His name was William Cowper. And that is that. Uh, and the first stanza of that song, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing. Tammy can sing. Hunter can sing. Me and Cheyenne did not get blessed in that department. Tammy can even preach at home only. Amen. God don't call women to preach. Amen. According to the Bible. But she preached to me at home. But there's a song that Wim Cowper sang. And the first stanza of that song goes something like this. God moves, God moves in a mysterious, mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea. And he rides upon the storm. Let me read that again. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea. And rides upon the storm. And so tonight with the help of the Lord as we look into this psalm. I want to bring a, a message titled. As God rides the storm. I didn't say as God rides the holly. Even though I believe sometimes God can. Amen. But I want to talk to you about as God rides the storm. And a. I made that mention about Harley Davidson's. You know, some of them sound like thunder when they roll by, don't they? Amen. They sure do. My cousin, he's got a big Harley Davidson. You know why? He's a big man. He's almost seven foot tall, 350 plus pounds. He can ride that hog. Amen. He sure can. Uh, somebody might have seen him riding around before. His name's Mike Jones, but he's a good Christian man. I love him to death, my cousin. But I want to talk to you about as God rides upon the storm. First of all, look with me into this psalm. We'll look back in verses 1 and 2. We find that David is given a call to worship. David is actually given a call to worship as we see God riding the storm here. The Bible says in verses 1 and 2, uh, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. You see, as David was moved by his encounter with the Lord, he challenged others to offer worship unto the Lord as well. You see the expectation right here. Notice with me three different times in these two verses, we are challenged to give unto the Lord. Three different times David said give. Give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. Once David directly urges our worship of the Lord, let me say this, clearly he was moved to worship God by his experience, and now he's challenged all the readers to do the very same thing. And friend of mine, it's like this. We may, we may not be standing uh, side by side with Brother David. We may be living in a different time than Brother David lived. But can I tell you this right now? As God's dear children, God is still worthy of all of our worship. God is still worthy of all of our praise. God is still worthy of all the honor and the glory due to his name that you and I can give him tonight. Amen. <laughs> And as his children tonight, you and I, we are expected to offer our worship and we should engage in worship not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday evening, not just on Wednesday night. You and I should worship God every single day of our life. If you ever been saved by the grace of Almighty God, amen, hot dog and yahoo goes right there. I'm telling you, friend of mine, he's worthy tonight. I said he's worthy of all of our worship and honor and praise. When my brother asked for praise a moment ago, every one of us should have had an opportunity. 
to find something to praise God for. And believe it or not, I know we're Baptists, but we still have a lot to praise God for. I praise God I'm a Baptist. Amen. Now listen, being a Baptist ain't going to take me to heaven. But I'm glad I am one. I'm glad I are one. Amen. D2. You'll get that Star Wars in a minute. You can tell I minister to young people. I'm always referring to stuff like that. But uh, hey, I praise God I'm a Baptist. I praise God that uh, I'm an independent fundamental Baptist. But that's not going to get me to heaven. I praise God, my friend, that I'm able to preach. That's not going to get me to heaven. I praise God that I'm a member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Baptist church. That's not going to get me to heaven. I praise God that I've been baptized before. That's not going to get me to heaven. I praise God, my friend, that I've got a precious wife that loves the Lord. But you know what? I'm not going to heaven on her coattail. I praise God I got two wonderful children that love the Lord and my son's been called to preach. But you know what? That does not qualify me to get to heaven. I tell you what I'm thankful for tonight. I tell you what I praise God for tonight. That 29 years ago, uh, December the 9th, uh, 1994, I fell on my knees a child of the devil. But hallelujah to the Lamb. I rose a child of the King. I gave my heart to Christ. I asked him to forgive me my sin. I praise God that I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved tonight. Amen. And I praise God I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. You truck drivers know that term? Amen. Well, we find here that uh, it's expected of us to worship the Lord as God rides upon the storm. And then not only do we see expectation of the call to worship, we also see the expression, well, David challenged men to give unto the Lord. I'm sure that David was aware that God has need of nothing. In the Old Testament, God had need of nothing. And let me say this, spiritually speaking, God has need of nothing. But you read in the New Testament, Jesus, what did he do? He sent the disciples to go find that colt where never a man sat on that was tied. What did Jesus say? For I have need of him or it. That's the only time that I read in the Word of God, Brother Danny, that the Lord said that he needed something. How about that? And of all the things that he said he needed, he said he needed that little donkey. And I thought about this. If God can use that donkey, surely God can use this donkey. You don't have to say amen right there, Brother Danny. I heard that. If, if God can use that, I tell you something else, God used the rooster too, didn't he? He used the rooster to woke Peter up. <laughs> my wife's not in here, I can say this now. He uses my hand to wake me up. Okay, I didn't say that, no. She, I would say it if she was here. She knows I pick on her, she picks on me. But here's the thing, friend. That's the only time that I've seen God ever had need of anything was he needed that little donkey to ride upon. And can you, this, I'm going to chase one rabbit. Can you imagine what that donkey must have felt like the first time when the Lord Jesus Christ sat upon his back? Nobody had ever sat on that donkey before. That donkey had never been rode by anybody before. And all of a sudden, here comes the Savior of the world, and he sits upon that donkey. I can imagine that donkey going, yeah, the Savior is riding me. Amen. Huh? How about it? And brother, let me say it like this. If God can use that donkey, and if God said he needed that donkey, don't you think tonight, dear church, don't you think tonight that in the midst of every storm, God could use us? He certainly can. God can use us. And I'm not going to say anything to make you feel sorry for me. I'm heaven down with a hammer down. God's blessed me so good. I mean, brother, God has blessed me so good. But I've been through some storms in my life. And y'all have heard some of my 
story before. But now here I am. I've got cancer in my body. And you know what, Brother Danny? God has used that story for me to be able to reach other people. Uh, just the other day, one day last week, uh, I sat beside of a man, 65 years old. He backslid on the Lord. He was walking the streets of Mount Airy. I went up there and I, and I found him sitting on a park bench. And, and made him sit underneath the shade tree. Hallelujah for the shade tree. Amen. Especially for us bald dudes. Come on, Brother Danny. <laughs> I thank God for the shade tree. Me and that dear man, we sat underneath the shade tree, and I got to talking to him about what's going on with me right now, and I told him this. I said, you know what, friend? I may have cancer, but God's still good, and God is still good, and God is still good, and God is still God. Amen? And whatever God wants, that's okay with me. And that man didn't know what to say, and before you knew it, I was praying with him, and that man made things right with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why we're still here. So that God can use you and I in the midst of a stormy world. Well, we find that he doesn't need the contributions of men to aid to his existence, but he does desire our praise. And David tells us how to worship him. The Bible says we are to give unto the Lord glory. We are to give unto the Lord strength and the glory due unto his name. Although we are unable to actually give the Lord any additional glory or any additional strength, we can, however, offer our praise and honor him with our entire being tonight. We are, uh, we are exhorted to worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness, not in our beauty. Because, brother, if it depended upon my beauty, there would be no praise. If it depended on Brother Danny's beauty, it would definitely be no praise. <laughs> I know God had a sense of humor. He said, I didn't know that. He made Brother Danny, didn't he? Well, I'm picking on him. Let's say, I know how God had a sense of humor. He made JL. <laughs> there we go. Come on, brother. There you go. <laughs> uh, isn't it good we can come to the house of God and get along and laugh with one another and pick on one another without getting mad or upset over a dog or a chicken or a cat? Okay, amen. Well, worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. You know, this is actually a twofold thing. We must come to the Lord clothed in His righteousness as we honor uh, as we honor Him in complete awareness of His holiness. We need to see Him as Isaiah saw Him, high and lifted up. That's exactly how Isaiah saw Him. He didn't see Walter Terrell high and lifted up. No, no. He saw Almighty God. He saw the Lord sitting upon His throne, high and lifted up. And that's what we need to see tonight. You don't need to see me. I know i got a glow about me. This is the kind of glory of God on my bald head, I know. But you see, friend of mine, it's like this. I don't I want you to see me. I want you to see the cross that I'm hiding behind. That's what it's all about. Well, we need to see. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. When was the last time you praised God with your lips? just thanking him for what he has done. And I think I might have preached this message before up here, and if I have, that's good. Let's have a repeat tonight. Because I had another message I wanted to preach, and God would not let me. It's a brand new message, fresh off the cuff, Brother J.L. I want to preach on Elijah. I wanted to use Elijah, how he made fun of all those false gods, because I love it. Don't you just love making fun of people? Come on, be honest. Elijah did. I'm kidding, okay? I don't know if we're being live streamed or not, but I don't make fun of people on purpose. But Elijah did. You know why? Because they, he, they were worshiping the false god, the prophets of Baal, and they were falling down and screaming and cutting themselves and just acting the fool. And their false god was exactly that, a false god. And you know what? You kind of feel sorry for them. You really do. They didn't know no better. It's kind of like the world. Hmm? And uh, it's our job to feel sorry for them because we, have, we serve the real, one, true, living God. The world does not. And it's our job to tell them about the one, true, living God. 
And even though, I mean, some of them are, are, are silly, I mean, I, I thought this today. I seen a van in Mount Airy. Now, I'm not trying to be political here by any means. I seen a van in Mount Airy that had this certain person all over the van, such and such, 24. He's not going to save us. And then I'll see on social media, preacher this and preacher that, preacher this and preacher that. Where does God fit in? This is not Walter Terrell Ministries. Oh, it's getting quiet. You hear that? That's what happens when the truth comes out. We don't worship men. We worship God. And I thought to myself, you know what one of the problems is? We worship uh, the world a lot of times, even Christians ourselves sometimes. We'll put men high up on a pedestal and we'll worship preachers, we'll worship presidents, and we'll worship politicians, and none of that is going to take us to heaven. None of that deserves any praise, any honor, any, any glory. The only one we should worship, my friend, is that great high and holy priest, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. How in the world did I get off on that? It's your fault. <laughs> Amen. Well, we find here that uh, we ought to offer the praise of worship with our lips. But as God rides upon a storm, we find a call to worship by Brother David. Secondly, tonight, as God rides upon a storm, Brother David says, I wanted to call your attention to something else now. Look at the wonder of it all. We see a call to wonder, verses 3 through 9. Here we find that David reveals the awe that he experienced as he contemplated the majesty and the power and the glory of Almighty God. He stood amazed at what he saw. When's the last time, church, we just stood back and like, whoa, wow, awesome. I got rebuked one time by a Ghanaian. I don't like getting rebuked. Take your plastic off, you don't either. We hate it when we're wrong, don't we? Well, uh, a, a young, I won't call him a young, well, yeah, I will call him a young man. He's a little bit older than I am. I'll still call him a young man. He came from, thank you. <laughs> he came from Ghana. I, I, I'm 51, so anyway. Uh, he came from Ghana, and uh, we was talking about just different things, and I said, brother, that's, I said, that is so awesome. He looked at me and he said, no, no, Brother Walter. Only God is awesome. I said, say it again. He said, you're not awesome. I'm not awesome. God is awesome. Yeah. That's how I felt. Because God is awesome. Amen? We're not, but he is. But here we find, when's the last time we just like, God, you're awesome. God, you're wonderful. God, I stand amazed at everything that you did. When's the last time we actually sat back and thought about that? When's the last time we've got on our knees and just lifted up our hands without doubting and just give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory of his awesome power as he rides us through the storms of life? David did, look at this. He, he says, I want you to wonder at this. He stood in awe. His presence, verse number three. The Bible says, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. As David listened to the thunder within the storm that seemed to echo throughout the whole creation, David realized that the presence of God was everywhere. He had revealed himself to men through his wondrous creation. Oftentimes, Hunter and I will get complimented on our voices. That's why when I start preaching, I try, uh, I try to warn them, you know, I've got a big mouth. I'm looking at my wife right there. I'm waiting for her to say amen. <clears throat> I've got a big voice. And so does Hunter. But if I, if I buy a new church, I'll warn him. But I've been up here several times. You guys know how big my mouth is, so I wasn't worried about it. Amen. But, uh, you know, you ever thought about 
when you first hear somebody with, a, and I'm not bragging, I don't like bragging, I'm not bragging. You know what I get told a lot, Brother Danny? Especially from some of the students. Your voice is how I remember you. Your voice is how I can remember who you are. And sometimes, I remember one time, I think I've told this story up here before, I'm not sure, but I was preaching a revival meeting in Alabama, and brother, I did say, I know, I, I saw some of the seniors kind of doing this number and doing this number. I was preaching in a big way. And that thing I know, I heard little beeps going off everywhere. And I saw Tammy out there laughing at me. I thought, boy, she's going to get it when I get done here. I'm not being funny. I'm trying to be serious. And she's out here laughing at me. Well, brother, what happened was, I didn't know, but I was so loud, I was setting hearing aids off. And they didn't think to turn me down at the mic either. It's just the way it is. But can you imagine when God speaks? Think about this. <clears throat> Next time you have a thunderstorm come up here in the hills of Virginia, and the thunder begins to roll, think about the voice of the Lord. That's what David was doing right here. He, he just encountered a thunderstorm and it called his mind about the voice of God and just how powerful he really is. And just that his presence was everywhere. He had revealed himself to men through his wondrous creation. And we can also make application from the word of God because oftentimes the word is likened to water in the scripture. God has given us his word in order to reveal himself to us and convince us of our need for him. He don't need me, but bro, I sure need him. <clears throat> God don't need me, but I sure need him. Amen? And as the thunder resounds throughout, so does the word of God resound, accomplishing his divine plan and his divine purpose. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. If you don't believe that, brother, then you don't believe in God. Because when I was a child, the word of God got implanted in my heart. It took forever for me to get saved by the grace of God. But when I was 23 years old, I was reminded of the word of God. And guess what happened? I got saved. His word did not return void. <clears throat> Didn't we find in verse 4, as God rides upon a storm, we are called to wonder his preeminence. <clears throat> the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The great thunder reminded David of the majesty and power of the voice of God. And there are none, absolutely none, who speaks as God speaks. We got some powerful voices in the world, don't we? I'm not talking about just the sound. I'm talking about there have been men and women in this world who could speak and things get done. Words are very powerful. You know, I can cut you down with a word or I can lift you up with a word. I can bless your heart with a word, or I can break your heart with a word. Words are very powerful. But let me say this, friend of mine, there has never been a more powerful word than that which we hold in our hand and in our heart tonight. Amen. And every word that's in this blessed old book right here has been thundered from the very throne of heaven. From Almighty God Himself. And like I said, there is none who speaks like Him. When He offers His Word, none can rival its power or hinder its voice. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word shall never, ever, ever pass away. It will endure throughout all of eternity. It is living and powerful, full of majesty and grace. 
We don't hear God speak audibly to us, but we can hear Him from His abiding Word. I don't know about you, friend of mine. I am thankful tonight to serve the preeminent God who has given us a sure word of truth. Thank God I've got the truth. Amen. We are blessed to have the Word of God to guide us and convict us and cover our lives when we go through storms of life. As God rides upon a storm, David said, I want you to stay in awe now. As God rides upon a storm, I want you, I'll call you to wonder at the majesty of God as we see his presence in verse 3. I call to wonder at the majesty of God as we see his preeminence in verse 4. I call you to wonder tonight, David said, as God rides upon a storm at his power. Verse 5 and 6. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and, and Syrian like a young unicorn. Brother, I was reading that one night, and you know what? I misread it. I said this. I said, he skipped like a calf, Lebanon and sirloin like a unicorn. You know what I had on my mind, amen? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well done. Now, well done, thou good and faithful. Well, I could have said that to the cow, right? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. <laughs> Amen. You fed this preacher well. <laughs> but uh, no, it says Syrian. Well, nothing can be compared to the awesome power of God. Nothing can be compared to the awesome power of the one true living God. Even his voice possessed unimaginable power. The cedars of Lebanon were revered for their strength and endurance, and yet they were no match for the powerful voice of God. I can imagine David now abiding in a sheltered place, listening to the roaring of the thunder <clears throat> as he contemplated the awesome power of God. He's sitting in a cave somewhere and he hears the thunder rumbling and rumbling rumbling and he thinks whoa I serve a powerful God when's the last time you and I really thought about that when's the last time you sat out on a porch during a thunderstorm I know everybody's scared of lightning I'm not my hair is already gone anyway But I, every now and then when a storm comes over Mayberry, Brother Jay, I'll get out there under my carport and I'll sit in a rocking chair. Tammy takes off like Roadrunner. She's gone, man. She, can't, she don't like it. But I sit out there and I'll listen to it. It's relax, to me, it's relaxing. And just think about every time the thunder rolls, you know, people got different... Uh, Different, you know, cute little sayings about what thunder is. And uh, I'm going to chase another rabbit here. I I'm almost done. I don't know about you. Uh, most people like the Andy Griffith show. I like it, but it's not my favorite, okay? I like Sanford and Son. I do. And uh, this little kid, <laughs> this little kid one time, he was a runaway, and he came to stay in the junkyard with Lamont and Fred and Fred was totally against it at first, and then uh, and uh, he said, "Now you got to go home." And all of a sudden, a thunderstorm come up, right? And uh, he said, "I'm scared of thunder." And, uh, and Fred asked why, and he told me, "He said." And the little boy looks at Fred and says, uh, "Looks at Lamont and says, what is thunder?'" And of course, Lamont he's going to be the he's going to be the uh, scientist here. He's going to tell him what this air means and that rumble means and all this means. And Fred says, "What are you telling that boy that for? It's going to scare him to death." Well, Lamont said, "Well, pop." You tell him what thunder is. He looked at that little boy and said, I'll tell you what thunder is. It's black angels tap dancing. <laughs> black angels tap dancing. Amen. I don't know if angels tap dance or not, but I know one thing. When the voice of the Lord rumbles, brother, it sounds like thunder. Amen. And we ought to be thankful. We ought to be grateful that we serve a powerful God tonight. He is powerful. 
You know, many today are rebellious and they reject the word of God, refusing to submit to its authority. And one of these days, the Lord's going to return in power and great glory. He's going to defeat Satan just with a word of his mouth and those who stand in the way with him. He won't use a sword or a weapon of modern warfare to defeat the enemy. He will vanish them by the word of his mouth. Revelation 19, 15, there it is. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule with them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress and fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. David said, stand back and wonder at his power. David said, as God rides upon the storm, I call you to wonder his parting. Verse number seven, the voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. This appears to be David's description of the lightning appearing to be divided by the voice of thunder. Uh, as he watched the lightning dance across the sky, while hearing the thunder roar, David considered the power of God's word to separate and divide. I mentioned lightning a while ago. Whenever, some, whenever we're out on a porch and the thunderstorm comes up, lightning, she's off like roadrunner, she goes inside. Brother, I was, uh, we was preaching somewhere. I was, I was preaching somewhere. And, um, and they were with me. And it was in a hotel, right? And so we was leaving the next morning. Well, a thunderstorm came up during the morning. And I was out there. You know, they got them metal carts that you put your luggage on. Well, I'm standing out there. I didn't have an umbrella with me. And so I'm loading up the, I'm loading up the, uh, uh, the, the luggage. And, and I'm, I'm very meticulous. I like to be tight and right. Because I don't want nothing jumping around when I'm going around curves 80 miles an hour. I'm ready to get home. And so I'm packing it up tight and right, brother. I mean, I'm putting this piece of luggage here, this and here. I'm fitting this one here. I'm shoving it in there like this. I'm taking Hunter, shoving his nose in there. <laughs> well, and then, uh, no, I'm not taking Hunter, okay. But I'm packing it up tight and right. Well, a thunderstorm comes out. I got the lift gate open. I don't have an umbrella with me. So I said, well, I'll just stand out here until till the storm passes by. <laughs> You know, I'm getting all spiritual now, right? And I said, I'm standing there, you know, and I'm leaving my hand on the cart. Well, it starts raining. That's I know, I mean, it's thundering. And before you know it, guess what happens next? Lightning strikes. And you know what? I did like the, like the Red Sea. When Moses divided the Red Sea, I split. I left the cart there. I left the lift gate up, brother, because it struck right beside of me. That's the closest it's ever been to me, amen. I took off running back in the hotel. Tammy's like, where's the, where's, the, where's the cart at? I said, look out there, you'll see, amen. It made me divide, brother. And that's what God's word will do. It divides. The word stands to convict of sin and draw unto the Lord uh, salvation. It also serves to condemn the wicked and rebellious. Nothing is hid from the discerning eye of the Word of God. It has the ability to examine the heart and discern the thoughts of man. Hebrews 4.12 puts it like this. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing the center of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. David said, I want you to stand in awe now as God rides upon the storms of life. Look at how his word parts. Something else too, verses 8 and 9, call to wonder his persuasion. Verses 8 and 9, his persuasion. You know, the voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness, the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. You see, as the mighty thundered roared, it literally shook the very ground that David walked on. The storm caused the deer to bring forth their young, and it had the power to rend trees within the forest. I mean, it shook it so bad, it caused deers to have babies, to have foes or does, whatever you call them. It shook so bad that it caused the trees to fall. All who encountered the storm were convinced of its awesome power. David knew God possessed that same ability. He could show himself in such a powerful, mighty way that none would lack persuasion of his majesty. If God really displayed all his power upon this wicked world, everybody would turn to Jesus tonight. We get just a little sample of how powerful God really is when a thunderstorm comes about. 
You see, David, many today deny his deity and choose to reject his grace for salvation. But eventually, one of these days, you know what's going to happen? They're going to realize God was right. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that things on earth, things under the earth. Amen? Even the dirty, rotten devil himself is going to bow the knee one day. He's going to realize that, hey, he wasn't as powerful as Almighty God. Well, on that final day, like I said, every knee's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And as God rode upon the storm, as David watched, latter part of verse number 9, we find his purity. He said, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. David was reminded of the tremendous impact that the Lord had on those who followed him. As they gathered in the temple for worship, they were compelled to speak of the glory of God. They entered his presence, offering worship in the beauty of holiness, and recognized the deity of their God. And friend of mine, if you and I could ever comprehend the holiness and the majesty and the power of Almighty God, it would forever, it would forever change our Christian walk tonight with the Lord. If we could recognize God as he rides upon the storm, <coughs> it would forever change our life. Yeah, I know God's powerful because he saved me 29 years ago from a drunkard stup drunkard stupor. And uh, my life story's been heard all over the world on the Unshackled Radio program. If you haven't heard it, it's still there. But if God could take somebody like me and change me to what he's made me today, I'm not near what I need to be, but thank God I'm not near what I used to be. Amen. God's powerful enough to do that. Just think how powerful God really is. If we would grab a hold of that tonight, my friend, revival would break out, souls would be saved, and saints of God would be stirred for the glory of God. Well, last of all tonight, as we think about God riding upon a storm, Verses 10 and 11, David said, I want to call your attention now to witness. First of all, he said, I want to call your attention to God's worship. We need to worship him. I want to call your attention tonight uh, to God's wonder. We need to think about how powerful our God really is. Just like the song goes, our God is an awesome God. And he truly is. But last of all, David said, as God rides upon a storm, I want you to call I want to call your attention to his witness. As David finished his thoughts, he was compelled to offer a witness of the goodness and the grace of God. Verse number 10, we find he testified of his position. He testified of God's position. Look at this with me. The Lord sitteth upon a flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Hmm. He sitteth king forever. David rejoiced in the fact of the sovereign position of God. He was seated upon a throne, and none could ever rival his sovereignty. There was one time, and one time only, somebody thought they was going to kick God off his throne. Somebody thought that he was going to kick God out of heaven. Somebody thought he was going to take over the throne. Somebody thought he was going to be the leader now. But you know what? When he thought that, guess what happened? Our God, our king, he kicked the devil out of heaven, amen, and all of his angels with them the fallen angels you see it was pride that caused the devil to try to get God off his throne what is pride doing for us tonight what is pride that's, no, that's a whole new another message right there if pride can get the devil kicked out of heaven what's pride doing for us now listen I'm not talking about a godly pride I'm not talking about a patriotic kind of pride I'm talking about pride in self Pride thinking that we're better than anybody else. And look up here. I promise you this. You look at me. I'm no better than you are. We're made out of the same thing, aren't we? Flesh. We're made by the same loving hands. The only thing that God's hands created. Uh, let, me re let me bring that back to your remembrance. The only thing that God created with his hands is you and I. We're no better than anybody else tonight. We find God's position, and the devil thought that he was going to kick God out of heaven. But let me say this, friend, he alone was God, and that could never change. That will never change. That will never change. God has always been God, and he always will be God. 
I pastored a church for about two years in Mount Uri, and uh, I'll never forget this little kid. We had a we had one of them kind of services, brother, where it broke out. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he got so foggy in there you couldn't cut the fog with a butter knife. I mean, he got good. God got good. God's always good. But people were testifying, shouting, running the aisles, and crying, and all of a sudden, something got a hold of me. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. And here's what happened. He used a little 10-year-old boy to do it. This little 10-year-old boy who's now in his 20s, served in the National Guard, about six foot two, big strapping young man now. He stood up, and I'll never forget it. Tammy might remember him too. He lives in Cana. He stood up and he said, Brother Walter, raise that little hand up. I said, yes, son. He said, I want to testify tonight. I said, go ahead, son. He said, Brother Walter, I just want to thank God for being God. Whew. Out of the mouth of babes. Brother, when he said that, I lost it. I started running back and forth like an energizer bunny, amen? Like a pinball, like a pinball in a pinball machine going back and forth. The Holy Ghost got a hold of me, brother. I don't know why it did that, why he did that night, but he sure enough did. He's did it a few other times before. But I'm telling you, friend, when's the last time we just thank God for being God? Because God's never going to change. He's always going to be God, amen? And that ought to bring comfort and peace to our hearts tonight who are saved by the grace of God that our Lord reigns. He rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. He ascended back to heaven. He is seated on the majestic throne of the right hand of God and that's going to never change. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still God. And as God rises upon the storm, let's remember tonight, the storms of life may rage and the storms may change, but God never will. Verse number 11, lastly, we see his provision. David said, I'll call you to witness God's posi pos position. Now I'll call you to witness God's provision. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Many agree this is prophetic, speaking of the millennial reign of Christ. But surely David rejoiced in the present provision of the Lord for his people. When's the last time you thank God for what you have? May not have much, but God's all I need. Amen? When's the last time you thank God for what you have? He, you see, He was the source of their strength. He was the source of their peace. And thank God, my friend, the God who speaks like thunder, the one who possesses all power and might, was mindful of Israel, and they were secure in him. And friend of mine, it's like this. Look up here tonight. I'm about done. Look here. We may not be Israel tonight. We are America. I thank God that I still am an American. Amen. I thank God for our country. I don't like the direction our country's going in, but you know what? I'm not going in their way anyway. I'm going that way. Amen. Hallelujah, friend. I'm going God's way. But here's the thing tonight. We may not be Israel, but we too can rejoice in the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said I had to say this. He will take care of his babies. Amen. You say, don't call me a baby. Baby. I'm God's baby tonight. Just like Ruger is Cheyenne and 80's baby, I'm God's baby. Amen. And I don't care if you like it or not, I is. And you are too. You know what that also means? <laughs> you know what that also means? You're my brother and sister. I got two amens out of all this. Y'all must not like, it very, like me very well, that's okay. I love you. Boy, y'all getting quiet on me. Stop it. Well... He provided for them strength and peace. One who possesses all power and might was mindful. We may not be Israel, but we can rejoice in the fact that he takes care of his own. Amen? You see, he paid a debt we could not pay. He paid a debt we owed. He purchased our redemption, atoning for our sins, and made a way of salvation and eternal life. He daily meets our need and blesses us with provisions untold. 
we're secure in him tonight. That's why I say through every storm we go through, we can face it because you know why? God rides upon the storm. David was encouraged by the storm he was going through in this psalm. It may, may have been physical in nature. But how many times have you and I gone through spiritual storms of life? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take the plastic off. I'm going to confess my fault right here. The Bible says to do it. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of righteous men availeth much. Brother, when I first found out I had cancer, I had a woe is me party. Hmm? I felt like Isaiah. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. <laughs> and I had one of them woe is me parties. And I was like, God, why? Holy Ghost said, why not? Oh, boy, that'll help you right there. And I decided right then and there, Brother Danny, you know what? I'm going to ride the storm along with God. I think there's a song called Riders in the Storm. Used to be anyway. I don't know. I haven't heard it in years. But nobody can ride the storm like my God can. You know what I'm going to do, brother? I'm going to saddle up my horse and ride right beside him. Ride right beside God. Well... As I close tonight, let me say this. We are secure in a storm. This psalm is very unique and interesting. Through it, we have been reminded of the power and might and provision of the Lord. He rides upon the storm. He has all power in heaven and earth. And that's not, is that not what Jesus said? I have all power in heaven and earth. Thank God for his majestic, mighty power. And I don't know about you. I sure am glad he's on my side. I sure am glad God's on my side every time a storm passes by. The question is, are we on his side tonight? Are we on his side tonight or do we fall off the horse every now and then? You know what I'm going to choose to do, brother? Anytime I go through a storm, and I may go through another one tomorrow, I pray that I don't. I pray that God will have mercy on me and let, you know, let it kind of, let the eye pass over. You know what I'm talking about, the eye, the eye of the hurricane? You know, the eye brings peace. It's in the center of the storm. My God's always in the center of the storm, and he always brings peace. But here's the thing. I pray that every time the storm passes by, and if I fall off the horse and I fall off the saddle, I want to saddle her up one more time. I want to sing that old song, Back in the Saddle Again. <laughs> Amen? Back in the, I might have to preach on that sometime. Back in the saddle again. Because God rides upon the storm. Heads bowed, eyes closed. All the house of God tonight, I'm finished. Thank you so very much for listening tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you're going through a storm of life. Maybe things are not panning out the way they should or like you think they ought to. Victory Way Baptist Church, can I say this? God's never left you. Never has He forsaken you. He knows everything that you and I go through. He knows everything you and I will go through. Somebody put it like this one time, you're either coming out of a storm, you're either going through a storm, or you're getting ready to go through a storm. Whatever the case may be tonight, let me say, God rides upon the storm. How many of you here tonight would be honest enough with uplifted hand? Brother Walter, pray for me. I'm going through a storm right now, and I just don't know how to handle it. Would you pray? I see that hand. Thank you so much. Somebody else tonight. I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else tonight? Brother Walter, Tater Man, I'm going through a storm right now. Pray for me that I'll get through this. Help me to go back. Uh, have the Holy Ghost to go back and remind me of this psalm, chapter 29, where David saw the Lord riding upon the storm. Anybody else tonight? I'm going through a storm of life. Our Father in heaven, it's in the lovely name of Jesus that we come before you once again. Thanking you, my Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for these precious people. 
who came to the house of God tonight. And Father, thank you for David as he pinned down the words of Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11, about how he saw you in the storms of life and how you ride in the storm. And help us to be reminded tonight, God, that anytime a storm comes our way, we can get back in the saddle again and just ride that right there alongside of you and just wait on your leadership and follow you. Father, you saw the hands that's going up tonight, God. They're going through a storm or whatever, Father, I, whatever they're going through, I pray, oh God, that you would help them right now. Speak peace to their storm, oh Lord. I pray, oh God, that you'd help them to find a solution to the problem. Help them, oh God, to just wait on thee, whatever the case may be. Help them to give it over to you. Lord, I know a lot of times it's easier said than done. It's easy preaching, but hard living. But God help us every time we go through a storm to saddle up the horse and get back on the saddle again and ride alongside of you and just give it all to you. Father, help these precious people that raised their hand tonight. I pray that you bless them in a very unique and special way tonight, Father. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. I pray that you'll continue to bless Venture Way Baptist Church, Pastor Joe and the dear congregation. Thank you so much for the opportunity just to bring forth your word once again. In Jesus' name I pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. Well, um, is there anything that...